the cause of Christ, for the glory of His name, for the exaltation of Jesus, and for the spread of His gospel. May we commit our lives, may we open His word, may we sing His praise, may we live for His glory. Let me invite you this morning to open His word with me to the New Testament book of Acts. We're in Acts chapter 2 today. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, and the book of Acts recounts the spread of the gospel in the days, the months, the weeks, the years following the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus has given his life on Calvary. He has been raised back to life by the power of God from the dead. He's appeared to his disciples and to many witnesses, and he has ascended back to his rightful throne in heaven. And just as he promised, the Spirit of God has been poured out on his people. Believers and God of the Scriptures, Jews who are worshiping him, have gathered in Jerusalem for Pentecost, and the Spirit has been poured out on the disciples. And Peter stands up and he preaches, and many folks hear the gospel. They are convicted by the Spirit, and they respond with repentance and faith in Jesus, and they are baptized. And that's where we pick up the story today. And so as we look into Acts chapter 2, we get a window into what was going on among these new believers in Jerusalem in the early church. And so as you find your place there in Acts chapter 2, let me invite you to join me standing, whether in body or in spirit, for the reading of God's holy word. Let's hear from the Lord today. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. The Bible reads, this way. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Let's bow together. Father, we thank you for these truths. We thank you for your church. We thank you for your word and your spirit's presence even here among us now. And so, Lord, we pray that you would speak to us, that you would teach us. Instruct us and shape us, Lord, that we might faithfully follow Jesus together. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Well, you may be seated. Well, today we finish up our present sermon series on gospel habits. We've been looking at gospel habits during the month of January. And next week, we're going to turn in a new direction. Next Sunday, during our worship gathering together, we're going to return to the book of Exodus. We'll be in Exodus 25, where we left off, and we're going to do so uh, as part of a Vision Sunday during our worship gathering next week. And so let me encourage you to pray for that day. Let me encourage you to to gather that day so that we might continue seeking the Lord's direction and, and hearing from Him. But in this series, for the month of January, we've been looking at various gospel habits, that is, uh, disciplines that God gives to us, that He calls us to be a part of, in order that we might know Him and grow in Him. And as we've said before, these these gospel habits, they're they're not about feeling better about ourselves, as we just sang, 
moments ago, they're not about making a name for ourselves. Ultimately, they are about responding to the grace of the Almighty God extended to us in the gospel of Jesus. We want to know him, and these are habits, these are disciplines that the Lord calls us to, invites us to be a part of, that we might grow in our knowledge of him and love for him. And so these gospel habits, we've talked about reading scripture, reading his word, reading the word that God has given to us that we might know him. We've talked about the privilege that he gives us to be his ambassadors as we share Jesus right in our community, as we engage our community with the gospel of Christ and as we pray for one another in the process of doing so, as we pray for the church, that the church of Jesus would be built up, that it would glorify his name, that his mission would be accomplished through his people. And today, the fifth gospel habit that we're going to lean into from this text is join the church. Join the church. Gospel habit number five, join the church. What's a church? What's a church? Do, do I really need the church? Can't I just walk with Jesus on my own? Is, isn't my faith in Christ really my business? Isn't it my own business that really is no one else's business? Now, we're living in a digital age, so... Can't I just watch or listen to church online and that be sufficient going forward? These are good questions. These are important questions. They're questions that I believe that our text for this morning from Acts chapter 2 addresses. Perhaps not directly, but certainly indirectly as we see a portrait of the church God established in Jerusalem following the life, the death, the ministry, the resurrection and ascension of our Lord Jesus you know, the Bible portrays the church with many helpful images. I want you to hear some of these images. A family of believers. A household of God. The household of God. The, the temple of the Holy Spirit. The pillar and foundation of the truth. The body of Jesus Christ and the bride of Christ. But what I want to do this morning is offer a simple description of the church based on Luke's description in Acts chapter 2. And here it is. Here it is. A church is a community of believers devoted to Christ and each other. A church is a community of believers devoted to Christ and each other. You know, we're people who like stories. We like stories. I can't tell you how many nights before bed, just about every night my kids want a story daddy tell us a story and i be honest with you i've just about run out of of stories we like stories luke knows the author of this text the human author of acts knows that that stories convey truth and so acts is filled with a bunch of stories of the spread of the gospel in the early church but interspersed between some of these stories are short summaries Short summaries of the church's progress and situation as the gospel spreads from Jerusalem and into Judea and Samaria and ultimately toward the ends of the earth. And Acts 2, 42 and following is the first such summary. And Luke begins by saying that these 3,000 plus new believers devoted themselves to Jesus Christ and each other. I know we've got some runners that run perhaps regularly. Maybe you run daily. Maybe you run 
uh, 5Ks when they come around. Maybe you've participated in a half marathon. Maybe you run marathons. We've got some runners, but you don't just all of a sudden wake up one day and say, I want to run a marathon. It doesn't work that way. I know that it wouldn't, certainly wouldn't. I, I don't have any idea what it's like to run a marathon, but I know that I'm not ready to run a marathon. It takes time. It takes devotion. Athletes train over and over and over again. You hear of NBA players that have the highest free throw percentage. They shoot hundreds of free throws day after day after day. They're devoted to that particular task. And right here in Acts chapter 2, we read that these believers devoted themselves. Verse 42. Literally, they were continually devoting themselves. That's what the text states. And some translations capture that meaning continually. The point is, it was ongoing. It was a steadfast and single-minded devotion to the things that follow. You see, these believers had received the grace of God and the gospel of Jesus, and they were committed to following Jesus. A church is a community of believers devoted to Christ and each other, committed to hearing God's word. Uh, people who are devoted to Christ and each other, committed to hearing. God's Word. This is the first of four activities that Luke mentions in verse 42 to which these early Christians committed themselves. They devoted themselves, or they continually devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. The apostles here are the twelve men that Jesus called to follow and learn from him. He invested in them, he taught them, and he has now commissioned them to take his message to the world. In other words, the apostles' teaching is Jesus' earthly teaching. It's the message of God's word. It's the message of the scriptures rightly understood through the coming of Jesus Christ. The apostles taught the word, and the church, the early church, was hungry. Was hungry for more of God's word. Matterbrook, may we, may we always and ever be hungry for more of God's Word. May we want to hear from Him and learn from Him and grow in Him and to know Him more and to live for His glory. May we never diminish the centrality of the Word of God when we gather together as the people of God. Friends, let's read Scripture. Let's read Scripture in our homes Day after day after day and with one another when we gather for worship or when we gather for small group Bible study. Let's spur one another on to be people who are committed to hearing the word. As a church, as a community of believers who are devoted to Christ and each other, committed to hearing God's word. And secondly, generously sharing with one another. Generously sharing with one another. A healthy church conveys a hunger for God and a commitment to each other. Verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. You know, we, we Baptists historically take a good bit of pride in our fellowship, our commitment to fellowship. We have potluck fellowships, right? Talking even today about beginning back Wednesday night church family suppers. We have ice cream socials. We have chili cook-offs. We have men's burgers and brats night. We have ladies' book club and all sorts of things. We have all kinds of fellowships. We even have a large room, right, called the Fellowship Hall. That sounds like quite the commitment to fellowship. The early church was 
committed to fellowship. We claim to be a fellowshipping people, and often we are, but do we really know what that means? New Testament word for fellowship is the title of our message today. It's koinonia. I'll be honest with you this morning, I'm, I'm not a Greek scholar. I think we have a few Greek scholars on staff now, and praise God for them. I'm not a Greek scholar. I had to take several semesters of Greek in seminary, but if you've spent any time hearing Greek or taking Greek, New Testament Greek at all, then you're probably familiar with this word. You've heard this word, koinonia. Koinonia means fellowship, it means participation, it means sharing. Fellowship, participation together. There's a communal component to this. Sharing with one another. That's the picture of the church in Acts 2 and throughout the New Testament. A church that is participating together with one another. It's not simply showing up and being in the presence of others. No, it's life together. It's participating together. A church that is sharing with each other. How so? One of the ways that we see here is by responding to physical needs. Sharing with one another in this way, to to meet physical needs, right? We have this description in verse 44. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Selling stuff so that I have the resources to help my brother or sister who is in need. Devoted to one another to a degree that makes many of us probably a bit uncomfortable. An accurate and faithful representation of the love that Jesus describes in John chapter 3 that His people would be known by. by. Church, this, this is not communism. This is not a picture of communism. It's not an economic system governed by political rulers. This giving was voluntary. Like we see throughout the rest of the New Testament, we see that there were still believers who owned houses and property. We see that taking place. Many retained these personal property and homes. But the church practiced deep, deep generosity for the sake of one another. Sharing to meet one another's physical needs. Often there are those in the body who have needs. We live in a time, we live in a place of plenty, but we are surrounded by people who are in need. We have people in our own church family in need. In fact, we have an opportunity to to share with one another in need. We've got a designated account that the church has had for many years, long before my time. I can't take credit for this. A designated offering account called the Plus Five account. I think the original purpose of that was a call for believers each week. If If you can, to give an additional $5 on top of your regular tithes and offerings in order to support needs in the church as they arise. And so, church, if if you're led to give to that offering today or any day, I encourage you to do so. An offering that's used fully, 100%, to help meet needs of those in our church family as they arise. That's a picture that we see here in Acts chapter 2, a description of life together, caring for other members of the faith family, responding to physical needs, and secondarily, providing spiritual friendship. It wasn't just about physical needs. Providing spiritual friendship. This classic 
work on faith in community, Dietrich Bonhoeffer writes, he says, it's not simply to be taken for granted that the Christian has the privilege of living among other Christians. He says the physical presence of other Christians is a source of incomparable joy and strength to the believer because the believer recognizes the true image of the other person which he has received from Jesus Christ. Of course, Bonhoeffer writes, German theologian, he writes during a difficult day, he writes as Adolf Hitler is ruling and Christians are suppressed, hungry for community with other followers of Jesus. Calling believers not to take such community living together for granted. In other words, there's an affinity and a bond between people saved by the same grace of God that ought to compel them, that ought to compel us to love and to deeply care for fellow people of God. We love our brothers. We love our brothers and sisters in Christ because Christ loved them enough to die for them. It's a deep, deep spiritual friendship, a togetherness that characterizes the church that Luke captures when he writes in verse 44. He says, all the believers work together. Verse 46, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Brother, sister, you, you need spiritual friends who run after the same Jesus and the place to find them as is in the local church. Family of faith, a household of believers, brothers, sisters, you don't just need them. They need you. They need you. We need you. Life together in the body of Jesus Christ. The church is a community of believers devoted to Christ and each other, committed to hearing God's word, generously sharing with one another, and third, consistently celebrating the gospel. Consistently celebrating the gospel. Now surely the gospel wasn't all they discussed, but they didn't just come together over Alabama football. They came together to discuss the gospel. They were together hearing and focusing, celebrating life and salvation and forgiveness through Jesus Christ. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread. Luke says it again in verse 46. They broke bread in their homes. A clear allusion to Jesus' actions on the night that he was betrayed. See, the breaking of bread is the Lord's Supper. The breaking of bread is communion. They participated in communion, breaking bread to remember the broken body of Jesus Christ. Drinking the cup to remember the shed blood of Jesus for us. For us. The, the regular observance of communion keeps the atoning work of Christ constantly before His people. Constantly before us. Needs to be constantly before us, which is why even in the midst of COVID, we're going we're gonna to keep on. We have kept on. We've had to adjust the way that we participate in communion monthly, but we're going to keep on. We, we need this reminder of the gospel. The Lord calls us to remember His body and His broken for us, His blood spilt for us, to celebrate the life that we have with the Father through Jesus, the life that we have together as brothers and sisters in faith, as we look around, as we celebrate and anticipate the coming of Christ again for His people. We need this gospel reminder 
that the blood of Jesus cleanses and covers us forever. The church is not the Kiwanis Club. It's not the country club. But it is Christ's redeemed people who gather to hear and celebrate and respond to His gospel. A church is a community of believers devoted to Christ and each other, committed to hearing God's word, generously sharing with one another, consistently celebrating the gospel, and joyfully praising God. Joyfully praising God. God deserves praise. Deserves praise. And the heart of our faith is the message of one God and creator of all who is over all and who sent his one and only son to save any and all who turn away from sin and trust in him for salvation. We submit to him. We submit to him. We serve him. We worship him. We celebrate together life in him. And one of the ways we do so is through prayer. Personally, individually, and corporately. Through prayer. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Or and the prayers. Probably a reference here in this context to specific prayers that were prayed by Jews that would now be enriched by their understanding of Jesus as the Messiah. They continually devoted themselves to prayer. Verse 43, for they were filled with awe. Filled with awe. This is not some momentary panic that they felt when they gathered at Pentecost under Peter's preaching. This was not some momentary panic that led to a rash decision. But this was heartfelt trust in the Lord Jesus. Friends, they were praising God, verse 47, and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. What a beautiful picture of life together under the lordship of Jesus in the early church. Church is a community of believers devoted to Christ and each other. Friend, don't you want to be part of something like that? I do. I want to be part of a people who know God's saving grace and who hunger to know Him more through His, His Word, who generously give themselves for the good of one another, who are regularly reminded of Christ's provision and who gather together to joyfully praise the King of all kings. Don't you? Because the church is a gift from God. It's a gift from God for our good. I believe the call of God's Spirit through His Word for us today is to join the church. Join the church. Join God's people, saved by His grace, covered by His blood. Join the bride of Jesus Christ. What do I mean by join the church? I want to give you several applications of that this morning as we draw this to a conclusion. First, join Christ's church by being saved. Join Christ's church. His bride of Christ. It is comprised of people from every nation, tribe, people, and language, past, present, and future. Join Christ's church, His people, by being saved. Respond to the gospel's invitation today by turning to Jesus like the 3,000 did under Peter's preaching at Pentecost. Repent and be baptized. Turn away from sin and trust in Jesus the Christ as Lord and Savior. Profess your faith in Him. Identify with Him through baptism. And some of you need to hear 
Spirit's call and take this step today. Application for some, no doubt, listening this morning is to hear the Spirit's call and to join Christ's church by being saved, by turning to Christ in faith. If that is you, do not delay. Trust the Savior and Son of God today. Trust in Him. Find forgiveness of sins, eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, others of you may have joined Christ's universal church, but you do not belong to a local church. Your faith is in Christ for salvation, but you're not practicing your faith in the context of a faith family. If that is you, then based on the Bible's teaching, I believe without a shadow of a doubt that the Lord desires you to join the local church through membership. Join the local church through membership. Healthy churches are made of Christians who are committed to one another, and church membership is an expression of that commitment to one another. Why? For accountability. For growth together, for mutual benefit, for the benefit of the body and for the good of the family. God made us to belong to each other. We were made for each other. We need one another. To specific members, parts of a local church, the local church in the first century in Corinth, Paul writes these words in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He says, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. One body, many parts, different gifts, different ages, different backgrounds, different personalities working together for the good of each other and the growth of the church. Many members, one church, many gifts, one Lord, koinonia, fellowship, participation, sharing. Friend, have you made that commitment to a faith family? We just say this this morning, if if you have not, but since... Perhaps the Lord leading you to do so. Mark your calendars. Come join us next Sunday from 12 to 1 p.m. for our next starting point lunch. No pressure, but an opportunity to hear more about this local church family. Who we are, what we believe, what we value, what it means to belong here. and An opportunity to ask any questions. Come join us. Maybe maybe this is not the place the Lord is leading you to. But perhaps it is. And if it is, come join us. Come here. Let's celebrate God's work in the local church and what it means to know and to follow after Him together, committed to Christ and to one another. Most gathered here today, no doubt, though, have already joined Christ's church by being saved. Most have already joined the local church through membership. So for those of us in this category, perhaps the Spirit's call through the Word for us today is to join our church in ministry. Friend, join your church in ministry. Join your church in ministry, serving. Let's be reminded today that we've not been called to join in order to sit back and simply be served. We've not been called by Christ to join in order to be absent. We've been called by Jesus Christ to serve one another for the glory of Jesus. Are you serving in the church? Are you caring for the body? Are you loving one another for the glory of Christ's name? And let me just take a moment as I close this morning just to be transparent with you, just to share with you from the pastor's heart. No doubt, the last 10, 11 months have been a challenging time, a difficult time to be a church family, to gather together, to love one another, to truly koinonia with each other, to fellowship. And so many of you that are gathered here today, and certainly some that are watching 
from home have been especially cautious with the coronavirus. And if that is you, thank you. Thank you for taking this threat, this virus, this threat to the safety of our neighbors and ourselves seriously. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for participating carefully in that way. And I know I'm hearing even now that a number of you are beginning to get vaccinated or or on a list. And so we, we know this is coming, albeit slow. We so look forward, if that is you, if you're waiting out, encourage you to continue to do so. And we look forward to seeing you again soon, gathering together as a body of believers in a safe way, in a, a way that exalts the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. But there are others. Perhaps this time has simply not been a time to be especially cautious, but it's been a time to, to take advantage of convenience, to remain home, to be disconnected, to sit back and wait because nobody's asking, nobody's questioning. It's an easy time. Sort of participate, so to speak, in that way. And if that is you, let me just say this. The church needs you. We need you. We belong to each other. We were made for each other. We need to be together for the benefit of the body and for the glory of Christ's name, for the sake of our witness in this community and to the ends of the earth. So if that is you, and I'm not assuming that is anyone, but if that is you, hear the Spirit's call through the Word today, I believe, to jump back into the life of the church. Challenging and messy as it may be, to deepen those friendships in the faith once again for the glory of Christ here in the local church. We need you. So we look forward to presence, to your participation, to your commitment to each other and your devotion to Christ. May we koinonia together again. And I know I'm butchering that because I'm sure it's got to be conjugated in some particular way to say it's such, but may we coin in it. May we participate together. May we share together. May we come alongside one another and serve one another for the glory of Jesus' name here and to the ends of the earth. Amen. Let's bow together. Father, we thank you for your church, the bride of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for your mercy extended to us in the gospel of Jesus. You have been so merciful. You are so kind. Lord, your character is unchanging, your love is constant, and your presence is with us. Lord, we thank you for these truths today. Lord, we thank you that you extend salvation by grace alone. It's not about what we do. Father, no amount of church attendance or or healthy habits or anything else can save us. No amount of personal success, but only the blood of Jesus. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, and Jesus Christ alone. And Lord, this morning, we thank you as we read your word, as we've heard your word. We thank you for the gift of the church. We thank you for a family of faith. Father, I pray that we would be a people who are devoted to Jesus and who are devoted to one another for the glory of your name. Guide us in that way. And Father, I pray for any that are listening this morning that, Lord, that have not joined your church by being saved. Father, that they would hear and respond to the call of the gospel for the glory of Jesus. Father, as we turn to you once again, as we express our faith through song, 
So we invite you to lead us and to shape us and to work in us for your glory. Lord, hear our praise, stir our hearts, move our minds for the glory of Jesus. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.